This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live in multiple locations. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. January 15th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with St. Mary's Face revisionist, Jerem Jordan. How does it go? Show me, like, <laughs> how is it? That's pretty good. That's pretty close. Although the St. Mary's Face admittedly is changing thanks to some recent success for BYU against the Gales. A few years ago in the West Coast Conference Tournament, BYU took care of business at home thanks to TJ Haas and his mean mug last year, and then they got the second win ever in Moraga. So I don't feel as much vitriol. Yeah. It's it's not as significant, Jerem. What is it now? Uh, I believe uh, Randy Bennett me. will give us a good idea of what St. Mary's face is. <laughs> no, you show me. It's I, your face. That's th- the St. Mary's th- face. This is it right here, man. All smiles right now. All <laughs> smiles, baby. Let's go. Although, uh, yeah. Really? Nothing about my mustache? Nothing? Nothing we're, about this? We're, Come on. We're getting to that. Did you even that. see it? In, we're getting to that. Yeah, yeah. No. HD? We needed to take care of my St. Mary's face first. Now, I think that you, just with the mustache, that alone could stand as Jerem's St. Mary's face. You look like you could play for St. Mary's right now with that stash. <laughs> I'm not from Australia, so I cannot... <laughs> How long have you been growing that, I mean, by the way? Oh, I, how long has it been since I've been in? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't grow facial hair with anything. So it, when I have to shave, I just shave it. This is a tradition unlike any other. If I'm mm-hmm. gone for an extended period of time, I shave it down to just the mustache, which is just garbage. I, I can't grow one very well. Although a few years ago, I did say on the show, if BYU – kept winning, I would keep it, right? I won't shave until they lose. So I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. Okay. Uh, but I might. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Okay. I think they might go on a run here. Clearly, you're, you're discussing this on the show. So, yeah, you're, you're thinking about it. And I only I have... I haven't asked my wife, but... <laughs> That's another conversation for sure. I only have one regret uh, from when you shaved your head like six years ago that you didn't grow the mustache out while you were bald. Now, that would have been epic. Oh, well, it was a rough look either way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's smooth some things out with our Friday show lineup. Full of smiles once again, thanks to BYU's second-ever win in Moraga. What that win means for BYU's NCAA tournament resume and why that performance is really just par for the course under head coach Mark Pope. Big shot Brandon Averett, who was clutch again in the late moments of the game. He's going to join us from San Francisco, Jerem. We'll see if he comments on your mustache. <laughs> Plus, our Friday prop picks as we near another spin from the Wheel of Consequence. And, Jerem, why Zach Wilson to the New York Jets is feeling more and more like a reality after what has happened yeah. with the personnel yeah. there on the coaching staff. Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Big win last night in Moraga for men's hoops as the Cougars beat St. Mary's for the second time ever. Crazy. More wins in Spokane than Moraga? 62-52 led by Alex Parcello's 14 points. And this clutch bucket from Brandon Averett. Down to six and down to five. A three-pointer by Averett is blocked. Gets his own miss. Goes to the hoop and scores it! With the shot clock about to expire. Brandon Averett. Had his own three blocked, caught up with it, and scores it at the rim off the carom. He's got six. 
That is not an easy shot and situation. We'll talk to Brandon coming up. As you mentioned, he finished with nine points. BYU has yet to lose back-to-back games in the now second season under Mark Pope. That's wild. Cougars play at San Francisco tomorrow. It's going to be a treat. That game time moved up to 8 Eastern, by the way. Cougar pregame live starts at 7 Eastern with your boy, Jason Chip. BYU basketball as a team jumps back into Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. The Cougars currently the last team yeah. in. They've jumped four spots on the bubble in just the last week. Amazing what another quad one victory will do for you. In ESPN's projected bracket, BYU is a 12 seed facing Stanford. The daily tournament metrics that matter have BYU at number 35 in the net rankings. Number 42 in BPI, number 56 in Kenpom. Those are season highs in the net and Kenpom, Jeremy. Really good numbers for BYU right now on their resume. Yeah, and there are more that matter as well that are included in those five or six, right? And we'll tell you coming up. Okay, women's hoops also beat St. Mary's 80-63 as seen on BYU TV with your boy Spencer Linton. Paisley Harding led the way with 20 points. Lauren Gustin doesn't know how to not have a double-double. 12 points, 16 boards for her. Cougar shot 11 of 15 in the fourth quarter to win. Wow. Saturday's game against Pacific has been postponed due to a COVID issue with the Tigers, so they'll need to make that one up at some point. BYU has yet to have a game canceled on the men or women's side or postponed for COVID issues with the basketball team, so uh, let's keep that going, and uh, hopefully Pacific can get healthy. Cougars in the NFL playoffs this weekend. We certainly need to pay attention to Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on the Los Angeles Rams. 435 Eastern Saturday matinee football. Defending Super Bowl champion Daniel Sorensen and his coach Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs face off against Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns. Also Porter Gustin on the Browns, brother of the aforementioned Lauren Gustin. That game Sunday, 305 Eastern. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints take on the Tom Brady Buccaneers Sunday, 640 Eastern. Of note, Taysom Hill reportedly has not practiced the last two days trying to get better from a knee injury. So we wish Taysom the best as he tries to recover from that and push on through the playoffs. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, this is a loaded question to begin because BYU just doesn't win in Moraga all that often for starters, but they close out the game on a 19-2 run. St. Mary's didn't score for over 10 minutes. There were clutch shots all over the place. Performances from Gideon George and Trevin Nell that were much needed. What was the best thing you saw from BYU's win against St. Mary's and Moraga last night? Randy Bennett not wearing a suit. No, uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was great to see BYU's defense just at an incredible level. Gideon George changed the game. So the defensively, he was matched up with Tommy Cousy. If St. Mary's point guard can't run the offense, Della Vadova, Emmett Nahr, Jordan Ford, and now uh, Tommy Cousy, no relation to Bob because it's spelled differently, then they can't do anything. They just can't run their offense. And they're, they just don't score a ton of points. They're like sub-60 the last five. BYU's going to win that game in most instances. But at halftime, BYU was down and had to make adjustments. St. Mary's does not score a basket. They make two free throws. In the final 10-36, a 19-2 run, and it was amazing. BYU kept rebounding tough. BYU went to this different game plan where they were going to throw it into the bigs and they were going to get baskets and offensive rebounds. And this was a glorious defensive performance for BYU, who's known mainly for its offense. You remember, top three-point shooting team in the country last year. This is a different group. You have to do it with who you have. And BYU came in and made an adjustment mid-game that made all the difference. And that's a big win. 
I can't believe BYU's only won twice there, but there it is. It's unbelievable that BYU in both wins against St. Mary's has only made one three-pointer in each of those games. That is wild. A combined two for 18 in the two wins they've had in Moraga? How do we explain that? That's, weird. That's just super crazy. That said, one of the bigger shots that was taken late in the game, which is part of what was the best thing that I saw from last night, was Brandon Abert shooting a three. He gets his shot blocked, follows his shot, and scores a reverse layup with the shot clock winding down. It was like he was the only one that knew what was happening. Nine other guys on the floor all waiting for the rebound to come happens. down. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, man, that, that shot got blocked, and I got to score. And he does it just in the nick of time. And that, at that moment, I thought, there's no way BYU's going to lose this game. And it just doubled down on big shot Brandon, that ideology. He loves to have the ball in his hands late in games. Doesn't matter if he hasn't hit a shot. He hasn't been good at San Diego State. He took the biggest shot and made the biggest shot in that road win. So it's it's comforting to know that not only is Alex Barcelo going to take and make some big shots late in the game, and you feel comfortable with him having the ball, the entire backcourt, Jerem, that, that just to me, that was the most comforting, best thing that I saw was Brandon Averett again stepping up in the clutch, making big free throws, and, and the willingness that he had to take the big shot late to help BYU close out that game. Yeah, really important that ABBA backcourt that we coined, uh, you know, during the summer, really important. And it's Alex Barcelo and some dudes right now. I would love for this rotation to tighten down just a touch. Uh, but good stuff from Gideon George. We've, we saw some role players step up. Trevendale gets his first start. I, th- I think it's significant that he had seven points, knocked down the first three of the game, three rebounds. He was confident, played solid defense. That was important because Nell is a guy that replaced Connor Harding in the lineup. Harding didn't play very much, had that layup in transition. But uh, this is a team still finding its identity, and they found a different way to win, which is really important. This has been a tough place to play. Like we said, this has been tougher than Spokane, which is just insane. But a uh, great win for BYU, and, and we'll address that and transition into that now, which is topic two. So with the win at St. Mary's, let's look at BYU's tournament resume. Up seven in net to a season-high 35. That's a great spot. Up nine in Kempom to 56. ESPN BPI at 42. Sagarin 31. Yeah. Most importantly, though, back in Lenardi's bracket as the last team in right now. What do you think? I'm loving the fact that BYU has three <laughs> Quadrant One victories already. It's mid-January, Jerem, and BYU has as many Quad One victories as that magical team had all of last year. BYU will That's obviously crazy. have another opportunity or maybe two, depending on who they face in Las Vegas and where those teams are ranked in the net rankings at Quad One games. But they've already got three, which is huge. I counted the number of teams in college basketball that have three Quad One victories right now. There are nine. Nine out of 350-plus teams or 330, whatever the number is now, that have Three quarter run victories. This is elite company, which is why BYU's numbers have really taken a boost. So I put it out there yesterday on the show. I said, look, this to me is the biggest remaining game on the schedule in the regular season based on the context of it's BYU's best opportunity to get to that number three mark in the quad one category. So huge. I mean, just big time clutch win by BYU, as ugly as it was at times. They're pacing and in a very, very good direction to make the NCAA tournament. I, I don't know that I agree that they're the last team in or you know, one of the final two teams in, whatever Lenardi has them at in the moment. 
because I think their resume is going to resonate more with the tournament selection committee. I, I like BYU right now in the tournament. Yeah! And that's right. That's right. Uh, the three quad one wins. So what is it? San Diego State, Utah State, and St. Mary's? Yes. Those three? So St. John's neutral, probably going to be quad two. Um, yeah, listen, BYU's, and here's the thing. BYU's three losses, those teams are 35 and three. And all in the top 20 of net. So that's uh, Gonzaga, obviously, the number one team in the country, number two in net as of today. They dropped. Oh, they're not even good anymore. They're two. Uh, USC. <laughs> and then uh, Boise State has yeah. been a surprise, right? Boise State is one that you look back and you go, why did BYU go down 14 nothing in that game? Um, otherwise, BYU probably wins that at home, and they, they lose it uh, at the last second there. So, yeah, I, I like where BYU's at. I feel pretty good about that. I think those three quad one wins will stay quad one, which is good. How about Utah State, by the way, beating San Diego State last night at home handily? Yeah. It means Kate just showed up. So that that hurts the San Diego State win a little bit, but I think it's a net gain by Utah State being better. Nine in a row for Utah State. Last loss was BYU. So that's great. Uh, go Aggies. Keep it going. Help the resume. Utah, however, you can just lose every game. I'd be fine with that. Uh, five and five uh, beat Stanford last night, but it. It's looking good. Uh, team ranking says 82% chance to make the turning. That's a good number. It wasn't until last night's win, Spence, where I felt like, yes, BYU is an NCAA tournament team. Because BYU's done some nice things, but I just was looking around at all the metrics going, wait, is BYU going to be in or what's going on? Today I feel confident that BYU will go in. And Ken Palm, we'll talk about it later, but Ken Palm has BYU winning in the next 10. Um, that would be nice. If BYU goes eight and two, I feel good, let alone the next 10. And then you have Gonzaga at home in theory uh, near the end of the year. They may move that game up to February 6th. We don't know the date of the next Gonzaga game, 6th through the 27th. But yeah, so, so far, so good, man. Uh, in Lenardi's bracket, 11 in the athletic, uh, nine seed with Fox Sports prior to last night. So Solid. People think BYU is an NCAA tournament team, and you live off of last year a little bit and, and the reputation, but this is a different group. BYU lost three top 50 players in program history. It's hard to replace that, but uh, the Cougars have found it in a different way. Yeah, and Jay Billis has uh, the Cougars as a tournament team in his field of 68. So all things pointing towards BYU being in the NCAA tournament. And I had this thought last night as we are going to transition into our question of the day, Jerem, that and I, I hate when I do this, but I thought, Man, I really wish we would have seen last year's team in the NCAA tournament. Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh. Oh. I know. Six seed going to the I Sweet know. 16, hopefully. Uh, uh, challenging, you know, beating an 11, taking on, what, a three? Uh, yeah, in, in the victory. I don't, I, mean, I, I don't want to talk about it. I know, I know. In the midst of all the happiness, I just I had that wave of sadness come across my mind for a moment but let's quickly push that away hell is what would have been right so i don't <laughs> yes. want to talk about well, let's, that let's push, push it away and focus on the good our question of the day what's what the... would the 2020 BYU football <laughs> team have done on the regular schedule against the six power five with zacharias wilson no. uh, let's not go there what's the best thing you saw in last night's byu win at saint mary's let's hear from you byu sports nation and voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Peterson says on Instagram, Jerem, one man, Gideon freaking George. <laughs> <laughs> this Gideon George. Yeah, listen, there have been times where I've wondered, and I said it last week, right? I was like, why didn't he play more? 
Um, on offense, he kind of turns it over a little bit. He doesn't go up on the initial three a couple times. It kind of costs BYU in the shot clock. But he does things defensively that no one else can do on this team. Yeah. And remember, we thought that you'd have Gavin Baxter and Gideon George and Matt Harms in the same lineup at times and it'd be so long and so hard to uh, you know score on BYU and get an offensive rebound. Well, we're seeing what Gideon George can do defensively, which is good. At Kubaka, I love this. Honestly, Caleb Loner's surfing pick. Other than that, it was a grinding, slow-paced, typical St. Mary's. Bore you to death game, so glad the Cougs won. <laughs> if you watch the Pope show this year, you've already seen the Caleb Loner surfing pick, okay? We got you covered. You don't need Espen no. to show you these things. We got you covered on the network here. So, uh, no, that was fun. That was fun. Hashtag BYUSN okay, on Twitter, Facebook, up? and Instagram. Cougs in the NFL playoffs. Who will have the biggest impact this week? Plus, we're joined by Big Shot Brandon. Brandon Averett from the Bay Area to recap how the Cougars got it done, went on a 19-2 run, and what awaits on the hilltop. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yes, it is. Tomorrow night, BYU plays at San Francisco. Listen to Cougar pregame live with Jason Shepard starting at 7 Eastern. The game is at 8 We are live in multiple locations for a BYU Sports Nation Friday edition. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in from the Bay Area in California, San Francisco to be specific, one of the heroes of last night's BYU win at St. Mary's. Brandon Averett joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. BA, happy (laughs) Friday, man. How are you? Uh, Happy Friday to you guys, too. I'm great. You know, thanks, thanks for having me on here. Uh, understandably, I just want to know at what point your coach said, hey, all we need to do is go on a 19-2 to run, and we're good to close out the game. So when did that come into the plan? Um, he, never, he never said it, but, I mean, uh, I was kind of on the bench just, just thinking because the whole game we hadn't really been on a run. So I was like, okay, our run's coming sometime, but we don't really know when, but we're just going to keep battling it out till it comes. And, and it finally came in the last four or five minutes, and, and it felt great out there. Four or five minutes. It was ten thirty six where St. Mary's didn't score a field goal, Brandon. I mean, that's just crazy. Gideon George certainly plays a big factor in that, shutting down Tommy Cousy, and, and he's the genesis of everything they do offensively. So what was it like as that started and you kept it going in way to a double-digit win? Uh, I mean, it, it felt great, to be honest. You know, I mean, we just kind of took it play by play. We didn't. We didn't really look ahead of ourselves. We just, we just, we told ourselves we need, we need to stop this possession. We need to make sure we get a good, good shot this next possession. And we kind of just, just took it that, took it that way throughout the whole last ten minutes, like you were saying, possession by possession. And and we chipped away, and we kept, we kept going once we got the lead, and we ended up ten, we ended up up ten at the end of the game. So. And without question, the defense stepped up. The rebounding was great. A lid was on the basket for St. Mary's, but BYU. As a team trailing by seven when that ran uh, that run began, what changed offensively for you guys uh, specifically to help you get scoring when you yourselves were trying to take the lid off of the basket on the other end? Uh, I think I think we just played with a lot more force and and we start we start we understood the physicality we got through it the first half and the second half we, we knew what we're, we knew what we're, we're coming into so uh, we, we just went out there and just played with, a, with way more force and. and Try to get to the ball to the second, third size in our offense. Just, just try to make, make them play a little, little more defense and, and see how disciplined they were. And, 
and and we start stuff start opening up for us, and and it ended up being a field day. So, okay, play of the game for me at least was when you shoot a three, but you're blocked, and you're the only guy that looks like he knows where the ball is. You grab the ball, shot clock's winding down. You kind of bobble it, and then you reverse it for a layup late in the game. That was such a big play. Describe what you saw on that, and how much did you know about the shot clock winding down there? Uh, so, I mean, I knew the shot clock was winding down and uh, I, I saw him going on in the screen and I shot it and he, he was able to get a hand on it. And uh, and he was actually the only person I realized that that knew that he blocked it. Everybody else went to box out there, man. And it kind of opened up the lane for me just to go grab the ball. So, I mean, usually I would get back on defense, but I seen he tipped it and I just went to go straight, just straight to grab it. And uh, I knew the shot clock was was running down. So I knew I had to get a shot up real quick. So, I mean, I bobbled it a little bit, but honestly, I think me bobbling it helped me out because the dude thought it was a pump fake and he kind of flew by me real quick. So, uh, once, once I got a hold of the ball, I just kind of threw it up real fast just to get it on the rim and it ended up going in. And it was actually a pretty, pretty fun play, to be honest. I, I ended up starting laughing afterwards because it's, I've never had something like that. Happen, so it was pretty cool. You're just laughing up the court. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Brandon Averett with us on BYU Sports Nation. He is B.A. In fact, I'm going to start calling you Big Shot Brandon because you've done this on several occasions, Brandon. You did it against San Diego State. You made two big shots last night, some big free throws as well. Not everybody wants to have the ball in their hands and take the last shot in those pressure-packed moments. Why do you want to take those shots? Uh, I mean, I think I, I've, I, in a way I've kind of always been like that. You know, at the end of games, uh, I've just always felt good with the ball in my hands and I've never really been the guy to be nervous. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I might miss some shots. I might make some mistakes down the stretch. But I mean, I've just never been nervous and I've, I've never been scared to make those mistakes and, and take those risks. So, I mean, I feel like the, all the work I put in is giving me that confidence and, and just 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 being able to stay calm in those moments. So, I mean, I'll give it credit to, to all the work I put in for sure. This is a rivalry game. You're coming into this as kind of new to this rivalry, and BYU had only won one game in Moraga ever. What did it mean to the team to get that win last night? Oh, it, it felt so good. You know, I mean, uh, I think Connor was saying in his three years, he's never he's never won at St. Mary's. So, I mean, it, it just 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 getting that winning feeling, just just giving him that first win at St. Mary's. I mean, that was my first win, first time playing at St. Mary's. So. I mean, it felt it was so fun out there. It felt great, you know. Brandon, we obviously, as analysts and fans of BYU sports, spend a lot of time looking at metrics and bracketology and where BYU's net ranking is and all of these positionings and projections. How much do you pay attention to that or try not to pay attention to those numbers, especially after a big win like you had last night? Uh, yeah, we try not to, to, to um, pay attention to stuff like that, like, Coach just he, he preaches just the importance of just focusing on getting better every single day and the other stuff will take care of itself, you know. I mean you always have like one one ear one ear a little bit in there, but I try not to focus on that. I try to focus on what I need to do to prepare for the next game, what I need to do to that's gonna help us win the next game. And and at the end of the day, that that's what really matters when it comes to the bracketology and 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 all the numbers and stuff, just just winning games. So that's where we try to put all our focus in, into and just getting better every single day. Well, since you're not paying attention to it, we'll tell you what it is. Uh, <laughs> BYU is 35 in net. 
uh, 56 in Kempom. Those are both season highs. So this is the best BYU's been rated in different metrics back in Lenardi's bracket. But like you said, the point is to win. Do you feel like this is an NCAA tournament worthy team right now and that you will be at the end of the year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely feel that way, you know. Uh, we, we've been getting better every single game, in my opinion, you know. We're, we're kind of just starting to find our offensive identity, and we're a great defensive team. We, 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 we're so dynamic in, in, in what we can do offensively and defensively. I, I, I love this team. I, think, I definitely think we're a tournament team. Brandon Aver with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now let's turn the page to what you face on the hilltop tomorrow at USF. Very good San Francisco team, top 100 team in the net rankings, and very different makeup compared to what you just played against in St. Mary's. What's the scouting report on USF and how BYU gets a win tomorrow? Uh, we just got to stick to our defensive principles, uh, be there for each other in isolation play. They got They got a couple ISO guys who like to – just kind of try to get to the basket in, in space and stuff like that. So kind of just being in, the, in those gaps and, and just talking to each other out there defensively and offense, the offensive end to take care of itself and just, just play with force and, and, and play our game, to be honest. So we're going to do what we always do. We're, we're not going to change much up. We're, we're going to go out there and, and, and do what we've been doing every single game. So. Hey, enjoy the gym because obviously Bill Russell, Casey Jones, Bill Cartwright. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of good history there. So enjoy that gym, man. I got you for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely will enjoy the San, the San Fran alumni gym for sure. So, All right. I can't speak for Jerem here, but I'm going to send Mark Pope a text message uh, in just a minute here and say, just make sure Brandon has the ball in his hands late in the game of the close. <laughs> you cool with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that for sure. <laughs> Brandon, congratulations on a big win. Uh, second win ever for BYU basketball in Moraga. And let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma so you can continue that with a good performance against San Francisco. Thank you so much. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. Yeah, you got it. Brandon Averett with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. He's just so cool down the stretch. Just very calm, senior leader, been at Oklahoma State, been at Utah Valley, right? He's waited for these opportunities to – be on ESPN2 and make a big shot. He made several big shots last night. That way it's not just Alex Barcelo, because right now it's AB and the gang. I would love for it to be that ABBA backcourt more, more Matt Harms, more Richard Harward, more, you know, somebody, more people. BYU's still going deep into that bench late in the season, still trying to figure it out, and it was what was needed last night, Spencer. But I'd love for BYU to tighten that rotation down a little bit at some point. Uh, Brandon Avery, obviously uh, one of the starting guards now. Yeah, he's clutch city. That's I'm serious. When I'm I'm going to call him Big Shot Brandon from now on because he's uh, making a name for himself in late game scenarios. Yeah, great to yeah, have him I on the show. Yeah, I think Greg used it last night, so you guys are in sync on that. Let's go. Oh, okay. okay. Coming up, prop picks, baby. Plus, did the Jacksonville Jaguars just become the most hated team in the NFL for BYU fans? This is BYU Sports Nation. segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. You get to know the players, coaches, and some compelling fan stories. Search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. The latest one on Richard Harward, which is aired multiple times on air this week. You can catch it on demand in case you missed it, or many others, including one on Zach Wilson. He is the mustached Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We are live in multiple locations for a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! 
The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Is San Francisco a better team than St. Mary's? This is a fascinating question, Jaron, because normally you would just say on the surface, no. But looking at the metrics, the Dons just might be better than St. Mary's, at least right now. St. Mary's is dealing with some injuries. They're clearly not the team they were earlier in the season. So I would say as of January 14th, yes, San Francisco is a better team right now the way they're playing than St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's higher in net and a couple of the metrics. San Francisco, obviously, that big win over Virginia, although Virginia hasn't been as good as we thought this year. San Francisco also lost to UMass, Wyatt, Lowell. So uh, I don't know what I don't know what team's better. I don't think either are NCAA tournament teams, by the way. I think it's Gonzaga and then hopefully BYU and Perry. Until last night, BYU was a one-point underdog going into the game at San Francisco, just like they were at St. Mary's. So Ken Pomeroy sees them nah, as uh, pretty even teams on. as well. All right, speaking, nah, nah, nah. Okay. speaking of Ken Palm, he now has BYU as a favorite in every remaining game on the schedule except Gonzaga, of course. What's the chance BYU runs the table winning the next 10 games leading up to the Zags? I mean, BYU essentially did that to end the season last year, but I think there's a distant group. I would say low, and if BYU goes 8-2, and two, I'd be happy. I really would. 9-1? and one. Um, like we don't see which game BYU is going to lose as we look right now, but there are a few close ones in the mix there, according to Ken Palm. But last night was supposed to be close. That blows up to 10 at the end. So I don't know. I expect BYU to lose at some point before Gonzaga, at least once. Sure. I give BYU like a 10% chance to win 10 straight. And I think the biggest challenge happens tomorrow, Jerem, on the road at San Francisco. Think about that. BYU opened up West Coast Conference play with the three toughest teams all on the road at Gonzaga, at St. Mary's, at San Francisco. If BYU can come away with two out of three of those, then they just might run the table until they play the Zags again. I just can't wrap my head around the idea of BYU being, what, 20-3 and three going into the Gonzaga game if that happens? That's like, wild. This team is good, but... I don't think they're 20-3 and three good. I think they're like 18-5 and five good. That's okay. what I think. Which still yeah. sounds great, okay, right? 18-5? So, and five? Still sounds, Yeah, sounds amazing. Um, okay, the three teams that lost, uh, or BYU lost to this season, are combined 35-3, and three, Boise State, USC, and Gonzaga. Does this make those losses easier to digest? In a way, yeah, because they're not hurting BYU's tournament resume. In in kind of weirdly, they're helping BYU's tournament resume because those teams are playing so well. Oh, for sure. The one that stings, yeah, yeah, the one that stings, however, is Boise State. Because as you said earlier, if BYU doesn't go down 14-0 on their home floor, they win that game, and they have four quad one wins and are in the tournament for sure, single-digit seed. In fact, they might even be a ranked team in the top 25. Not that that really matters. But, yeah, that that loss stings regardless. We'll see if Boise State's quad one on Selection Sunday. That would need to be a top 25 net ranking for Boise State. And perhaps they are. I'm guessing that'll be a quad two home game uh, and loss. But it'd be nice if it's quad one because even in a loss, it's good. Again, football scheduling, different than basketball, you're rewarded for a tough schedule in basketball, and the tournament's bigger. So, yeah, Boise State, amen. All right, Jerem, let's uh, move on to some NFL football. Jamal Williams and his Green Bay Packers, Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid of the Chiefs, Sione Takitaki of the Cleveland Browns, and Taysom Hill of the Saints 
all participating in the NFL playoffs this weekend. Which Cougar in the NFL will have the biggest impact this weekend? I think it could be Daniel Sorensen taking on Baker Mayfield in that Browns offense. They had a lot of success against the Steelers last week. Grab Stoney, Taki Taki as well. Jamal Williams has been banged up a little bit. He's not depended on at a crazy level for the Packers. And then uh, Taysom Hill, obviously, as we mentioned, hasn't practiced reportedly the last couple days. Hopefully he's available and effective. uh, But I'm guessing it's either Daniel Sorensen or Stoney Taki Taki. Totally fair. If Taysom Hill plays then he's probably going to be the most impactful. At least he'll be the most talked about because that's how it works with Taysom Hill as a Swiss Army knife. But I think by default, just because he's the coach, and maybe this is going a little off the radar, Andy Reid probably has the greatest impact on every game, right? (laughs) Yes, he wasn't an option. (laughs) I know. That's that's like cheating. It's it's like cheating. The players involved. It's not not like cheating. It is cheating. If Taysom Hill doesn't play, (laughs) it's it's probably Daniel Sorensen. Okay, does the Jets hiring the 49ers defense coordinator Robert Sala and reportedly Niners passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur ensure Zach Wilson to the Jets at number two? Man, it makes it a much stronger case, you would think, because the 49ers, at least according to their fan base and some of their scouts, as we learned from Steve Young early this week, are very, very impressed with Zach Wilson. I'm sure that Robert Sala and for sure Mike LaFleur are all in on what Zach Wilson is capable of. I just, it's crazy. But we were all like, no, 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 don't do it. But now it kind of feels like it might happen. It just depends on if the Jets are going to want to stay with Sam Darnold or do they want to flip the page and start fresh with Zach Wilson? Yeah, I don't know that Robert Sala cares much about Zach Wilson per se. He's been in on the defense for the Niners, but Mike LaFleur certainly has. Uh, we both know someone that has talked to the Niners and the Niners like Zach Wilson. We'll see if that means they actually pick him at two. Um, two. Two is just insane. The fact that we're talking about the second pick in the NFL draft with Zach Wilson is just wild, right? So maybe, maybe. We'll see. And David Pollock said yesterday that Zach Wilson is a guaranteed top five pick. It's, we've reached that category. Wow. It's, I know. It's just it's just unfathomable. I, I love it. It's crazy. Okay, more from the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars have officially hired former Utah and Florida and Ohio State coach Urban Meyer as their new head man. Jerem, are the Jags now your most hated NFL team because they're coached by Urban Meyer? Lift up Bowling Green. Um no, I don't think the Jaguars, they're not a threat to anybody. They're going to be 4-12 and 12 next year. Come on. Uh, you know, maybe 6-10 uh, and 10 at the best. No, the, no, that's the Niners for me because Seahawks. So, no. And Urban Meyer was only at Utah two years. Yeah. Like, I don't hate Urban Meyer, yeah. but I was on my mission, so it's a little different for me with that situation. I mean, it was weird, some of the things he did to motivate the Utah players to hate the team yeah, down that south. that team up north, yeah, south, yeah, yeah. That was weird, but it was 16 years ago. 16 years. and I, Listen, we care about stuff from a long time ago. We're still talking about 84. But, you know, I think that he kind of redeemed himself this year as an analyst on Fox Sports, going to bat for BYU, saying they're a good football team. And so, I don't, I don't know, it's been so long, and those comments, like, I don't have any, a real issue with Urban Meyer. In fact, I wanna, I'm want i kind of interested to see if he can do what most college coaches can't pull off, and that is be successful in the NFL after being so successful at the collegiate level. It just does not happen often. Yeah, it takes a unique guy for sure. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Shadow. Plus... 
How are we doing our prop picks last night against St. Mary's? And more importantly, what are we picking tomorrow as we move towards another spin of the Wheel of Consequence? This is BYU Sports Nation. What did Jason pick for me? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Trevor Nell's got that drip, so does Kiki Solano. You can always watch BYU Sports Nation right now on the social media platforms of BYU Sports Nation. A fresh episode coming out later today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B and in some remote, exotic location where Jerem Jordan is. He's not going to tell you exactly. I'm in Springville. <laughs> or maybe he will. Jeremy, it's time for Prop Picks, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Outer Group, serving Utah since 1968, of course. Let's oh, re- what did Jason do here? Let's recap what happened against St. Mary's. Okay, number one. Which will be greater? The winning margin of points, Caleb Lohner rebounds, or Richard Harward's points, or BYU free throw attempts in the first half? Now, here's the thing. BYU didn't attempt a free throw in the first half, so that's zero. Harward had four. Neither team did. Loner had nine rebounds. The winning margin was ten. What in the world? I felt like I was making a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake when I went with the winning margin of yes, points Joe. here. But I actually got that one. So yeah, and, and you, uh, I would have, I would have picked Loner's rebounds if I had known you know i'm not consulted when you're gone you're gone you're gone uh jason picked for me what did he pick richard harward's points either way you know you don't have to feel bad about that one because it still would have been a loss yeah okay number two who will have more rebounds lauren gustin or the combination of barcelo <laughs> loner and harward and it was a push 16 Amazing. each yeah how about I, that i, I knew Bagley nailing it i knew lauren gustin uh was gonna have some opportunity against a porous saint mary's shooting team and yeah she had 16 it's just crazy that it pushed lauren gustin is incredible double dude. double machine like, she she's the dennis rodman of Women's like rebounding machine yes she's amazing yeah i mean ten, they played 10 games she has seven double doubles it's wild <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth's like, just pass it a little more and you're going to triple double. All right, Jeremy, number three from St. Mary's. Which BYU team will hold the largest lead tonight against St. Mary's? Women's basketball or Women, men's basketball? Sure. Yeah, that's what you would yeah. have picked, and I did, picked that. Did Jason take men? Jason took the men. He took the men. <laughs> uh, hey, trust me, I know. I got my butt kicked. When I was gone for a while after uh, my new baby was born, when Jason was picking it for was me, one week. <laughs> and I listen. I dominated. There, even if you were in, I would have won that week. I was on fire. All right. After the St. Mary's game, I'll take uh, a two to nothing lead into the weekend as we move on to San Francisco. <laughs> Sweet. All right, uh, Ben Bagley. You want to join us for this, or should I just do this? I got you. Okay. All right, let's go for San Francisco prop picks. Sorry, mic adjustment there. All good. All right, San Francisco prop picks. Who will score the final point of the game for BYU? <laughs> this is so random, and I love it. Oh, man. Uh, I, okay. think it's, I think it's going to be a close game, Jerem, and I like big shot Brandon, so I'm going with Brandon Averett, whether it's a free throw or whatever. Like I think Brandon Averett's going to be the guy that scores the final points for BYU. Trevin Nell. I don't know why. Just okay. Just have a feeling. Gotta look way into the crystal ball for that one. 
All right, prop pick number two. Which guard will score the most points in the game? Both sides. You go first, Jerem. Uh... Brother Jamari Bouye, yeah. uh, he had 23 last year. Although Shabazz had like 32 at the bench, he was unbelievable. It was like Michael Lloyd Jr. was like, that was an incredible performance out of it. Didn't I he make like 10 threes or something? That, that, that was crazy. Um, was it that many? I, yeah, it was something Man. like that. Some nine or 10 three-pointers. That almost made me choose Shabazz. Um, and I feel like this is another huge mistake I'm making just because I, I think you're going to be right. It's going to be Bouye. But I, I'm going to go with Alex Barcelo. You know, maybe this is the bounce back game that it, where he just goes nuts on the hilltop. That's the Jason. Yeah, I love Alex, pick. but now I, now I can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> the Homer pick. It's the Jason Shepard pick. Reed. <laughs> All right, last one. How many points will be scored in tomorrow's game combined? Closest to without going over. Ooh. Oh, man. Both teams average like right around the mid-70s, which would combine for about 150. I'm going to go a little lower than that. I'm going to say like 142. Mm, I have 139. Oh. How about last night? So the, the over under on last night was 134, and at halftime it was like 55 or something or 60. Yeah, what did it finish? 114? <laughs> yeah, just so low. Oh, St. Mary's just take the under on the over under every time. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I got to be plus two on you there. Jeez. Okay. Uh, coming up, who gets today's rise and shout out? It's definitely not Jason Chip. And which of you earns our Friday Elite Voice honor in response to the best thing all of you saw last night in BYU's win against St. Mary's? This is BYU Sports Nation. St. Mary's tears. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. We're in the fourth quarter of a Friday BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Everyone's like, which quarter is it? Oh, yeah, it's fourth. Uh, Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, plug for BYU's radio, uh, new website, new app. Looks really nice. If you want to check it out, go go uh, check it out. Absolutely. Our uh, our uh, props to uh, our guy Don Shaline, man. He doesn't. He probably doesn't get enough shout out on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day. He's, yeah, he's he's the boss of BYU Radio. Let's uh, <laughs> let's round out as much as possible. <laughs> our question of the day. What's the best thing you all saw in last night's BYU win at St. Mary's? We have some time for some fantastic uh, social media responses coming in. Let's start with Dan Smith on Twitter. Hustle, <laughs> grit, Always a good name. grind, effort, other synonyms, guys diving on the floor and playing great defense. Okay, remember the play where Colby Lee, all 6'9 of him, Dives in the corner right in front of the St. Mary's bench. I kind of wish he would have crashed into Randy. That would have been fun. But anyways, we give Randy a hard time. We love Randy and St. Mary's, kind of. Um, and that was a possession that BYU got back. And I love that Colby Lee was on the floor. Listen, of all the guys that I'm expecting not to go down on the ground, it's probably Matt Harms and Colby Lee. Yet he's he's doing exactly that. Hustling, grit. Was this from Riley Nelson? Uh, grind, effort. Love it. Yeah, there's the play. Love it. Nice uh, nice pull. Oh, Richard Harwood hit the ground shortly thereafter. That's not surprising, though, because that's what Big Rich does, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, look at, yeah. Uh, just 
listen, our video is just spot on. We're just nailing every moment we're talking about right here. But and we didn't even plan this. Let's nice go. Job, everybody. All right. At we for BYU, also on Twitter. Guts and grit. <laughs> that was a very hard and well-earned win. I love that BYU never gave up. Down seven okay. with just over 10 minutes to play. Let's talk about something. So uh, brother Steve Young was on the program this week, and he said, hey, even if BYU loses, they need to be BYU, meaning pass the ball a lot. I actually disagree with this idea. So what happened last night was a uh, counter to that. Nope, BYU needs to be up and down threes. That kind of, sometimes that matchup doesn't work. And guess what I like more than losing? I like winning. I need to win. I don't want to run the triple option. I'm not like saying that. But I'm saying certain nights, you're going to have to have a different business model, if you will, depending on unique circumstances. Um, ask all the businesses uh, during a pandemic. Like We have to reinvent the wheel a little bit to make this happen. So BYU did that. They threw the ball inside. They said, listen, we're going to lock it down defensively as well. We're going to crash the boards on offense. We're going to put Gideon George in the game to guard Kuzi, which is like a three on a, a point guard. So it's okay to do it differently in an attempt to win. Well, think about um, this. And you can still maintain your identity a little bit there. BYU still had a high-flying offense in 2020, even though they beat UTSA 27-20. And San Diego State clearly wanted to slow things down. I think BYU ran play like somewhere around 58 plays or something like that. It was so slow. So there are certain teams like St. Mary's and in football like San Diego State that at times will just force the issue with dramatically slowing things down. And like you said, you can still maintain your identity by winning those games that are not the usual. So... Yeah, BYU and, doesn't, doesn't, and maybe Steve means generally. Sure, yeah, I, th- I think that's what he was going matchups. for. Like Utah 96, remember, this is a high-powered BYU offense. What did BYU do? They ran for 300 yards at Utah instead of passing for 300 yards. Sark threw 12 passes. Like, it's okay. Does anyone complain about beating Utah by 20 because it wasn't passing? No. And, and so that's sort of my uh, alternate idea and kind of Steve's idea of, yes, generally speaking, Let's chuck the ball a lot, yeah. but we're not air raid. We still want to run the ball uh, effectively for like 150 a game. Jeremy, it's all about guts and grit, man. Guts and grit. I, I guess. Sean Peterson on Twitter brings this in. Best thing I saw, defense. Great containment of slashing guards and very few three-point opportunities for St. Mary's in the second half. Yeah, Logan Johnson was really shut down. His brother Tyler plays in the NBA, got a similar game. And Logan had come off a career high against Santa Clara. I think he scored 28, like 20 in the second half. He had like eight or nine points. So BYU did a tremendous job on him. You didn't even notice him. And uh, listen, St. Mary's lost Jordan Ford, Malik Fitz, Tanner Krebs. They lost three stars. So did BYU. But the Cougars had a better game plan. I thought the coaching staff did a tremendous job getting BYU ready for this. Jake Jensen adds on Instagram, fantastic coaching and lockdown defense. Great comeback. Tough to outcoach Randy Bennett, especially in Moraga, but – Mark Pope did just that. Did Mark Pope outcoach Randy Bennett, or did the Gales just kind of fold and not make a shot? Well, uh, it's always a combination when yeah. given multiple choice. I tried that in the testing center a lot at BYU. It didn't work. <laughs> Apparently there was only one answer. Uh, yeah, B and C. What the hell? And Yeah, these are all great. Um, yeah, th- listen, Randy Bennett's amazing. St. Mary's, they threw up a graphic that I was like, oh, yeah, that's wild. Winning his program since 08-09, St. Mary's is fifth in the country. I mean, that's Man. amazing. BYU wasn't on that graphic. It was Gonzaga and St. Mary's, right? And BYU's won a ton of games. I'm guessing BYU's in the top 15 or 20 
um, of teams since that time. Of course, with Dave Rose and that incredible run. But uh, yeah, Randy Bennett's a great coach. Mark Pope is still carving out his, uh, you know, greatness as well. Year two at BYU didn't make the NCAA tournament or the NIT at UVU, but now it's time. Obviously, would have made the tourney last year. BYU makes the tourney again. That's tremendous in two the first for two. two years uh, yeah. for Mark Pope. And even if BYU doesn't, uh, still this is a program that's respected nationally. And right now, top forty, top fifty. That's where you want to be. All right, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Shea Lawrence. Best thing was seeing BYU celebrate in Moraga. Hasn't happened for a long time. In fact, it's been seven years. Also this morning, seeing that BYU is now last one in on Joe Lenardi's bracket. I was waiting for uh, someone to do it, and there were multiple people that did the Eric Mika show sign from 2014. Last time BYU won, which I was like, eee! But yeah, uh, in yeah. fact, I just did it on our air. But uh, yeah, so winning in Moraga, really hard to do. And that's awesome. Nice job, everybody. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Who gets your Rise and Shoutout, Jerem? Gideon George. Defensively, what he did on Tommy Cousy was tremendous. His length and athleticism provided something that is unique to any other BYU player. Gavin Baxter would have done that uh, defensively. Obviously, Matt Harms had a couple of really nice blocks spiking some off the backboard, but Gideon George was awesome defensively and changed the game. My rise and shout-out goes to Paisley Johnson-Harding, who had a breakout game for BYU women's hoops against St. Mary's in a dominant 80-63 to win. She struggled a little bit offensively for much of the year. She had 20 points last night. We feel like this is a turning point game for her. So, Paisley, well done. The BYU women, 8-2 and two after 10 games. Our thanks to today's guest, big shot Brandon Averett. Sorry that this pedal ran out of time, although I guess we made time for you earlier in the week. That we did. For Jerem, I am Spencer. A shout-out to Ian Harward. We'll see you Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.